listening to the Healthy Habitat Podcast with Natalie Noctegall. And we're live. Hello and welcome to what I'm calling the first official episode. The first one was a little freebie and I'm already anticipating this episode to be broken up into two parts because it really does have kind of a chapter one and a chapter two, if you will. I, from here, I, I just wanted to go into my story. I think anytime that there's a new podcast or, you know, even when this podcast is really old and someone is coming to it new for the first time, I always think it's really cool to be able to go back and learn about the host. You know, who are you and how did you start this podcast and what's your story and, you know, what brings you here? I'm always really interested in that, who the podcast host is. So, that's me. You may or may not be interested, but just in case anyone is, um, I just want to, yeah, offer a little backstory into that. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So, um, like I said, in the introduction of this podcast, uh, I am not coming at you from a science background or an education background, a nutrition background, like any of that. I am your super, I, I'm like the consumer, you know what I'm saying? Like I am just a person who found herself having to navigate my own health issues. And I, I just, I, I found myself in a world that I would have never expected. And so I am a singer, songwriter, an actress, writer, performing artist. And that that's the background that I've come from. I grew up in South Alabama where I homeschooled and I competed in rodeo. Actually, I rode horses and competed starting from about 12 years old all the way through college. And I started, I come from kind of a musical family. And so music was always a big part of just what we did. It was never something that I thought to do as a career. It was just what we did. We rode horses and we went to church and we sang and played songs, played music and cooked. Uh, we fried a lot of fish when I was a kid. We, I grew up um, kind of from a family of fishermen. So I grew up eating a lot of fried seafood, deep fried seafood. Um, but I started playing the guitar around 14, 15 years old and I was already writing my own songs and I already loved to sing. And so I quickly took to that role of being a singer, songwriter and artist. It just fit me so perfectly. I had a lot of angsty feelings as a teenager, so it was perfect. <laughs> and um, I went off to college and took that with me and I was always pretty healthy. Um, I wouldn't say I was like real thin, but I was never overweight. I was a very healthy weight and I was a very, I don't know, I didn't really have any like complaints or symptoms, at least that I knew of. I will say, so one thing I'll get into as I start to talk about my health journey is I did have menstrual symptoms at a very, very young age, but at the time I didn't know that those were symptoms. Um, which we'll get into. Um, it was just something that I'd seen my mom go through. And so when I started going through it, you know, she didn't know that it was anything out of the ordinary. I didn't know. And it was something that got worse in high school. And so there were, there are moments in my mind where I remember being in like debilitating pain, but fortunately those moments were infrequent enough that I could just kind of forget that it ever happened and like go on with my life. So it wasn't like, um, something chronic that I dealt with 
like day to day, week to week. Thank goodness. So other than that, um, pretty healthy, vibrant, active kid. And in college, when I went off to college for the first time, I will be honest with anyone who asks, I ate like a trash can. My mom always cooked us home cooked meals, which I'm so grateful for. So when I went off to college, it was like a free for all. I was eating all the desserts and cereal in the cafeteria, but I was in Texas and they just like I feel like gravy was served with everything, like white gravy. Is that a thing? If anybody hears from Texas, like I just remember I was in Texas for two years and white gravy, like it didn't matter if you went to fast food, if you went to a sit down restaurant, if you were in the college cafeteria, white gravy was served with whatever was for lunch or dinner or whatever. <laughs> um, so I ate so bad. I started eating fast food and got pretty addicted to like sugary foods and fast food and, and that sort of thing. Um, however, uh, as I moved, I ended up moving to Nashville, Tennessee, transferring to a school there. I went to school for theater and pursued music and was just living my life until this is this is really where this story begins is in my let's say my early to mid 20s um i dabbled into being vegetarian and eating a plant-based diet and i didn't start eating this way because of me really i wouldn't wasn't really experiencing any kind of symptoms per se but there was this um just the the events that were unfolding in my life, it just led me down this path. So um, I lost a family member, a close family member to cancer. And that was sort of the first person in my life um, that I lost that was that close to me. And that was really, really tough for the whole family. And when that happened, um, a lot of us started looking at things differently. We started looking at things that were told causes cancer. And so that's, you know, the products we use in and on our skin. Um, and that included animal foods. And so that was sort of my first mini wake up call. I'll say into like, wait a second, maybe things aren't exactly what I thought. And, you know, we've been eating like steaks and burgers and, fried fish and all these things. And what if that's actually really bad for us? And so I found myself falling into that narrative pretty quickly and living here in Nashville at the same time, I happened to be around a group of people that were also like vegan and vegetarian. And it was a very, um, like cool thing to be. And so that was happening And this was at the time when this idea of like, or I guess a career, I don't even know what to call it, but when influencers were starting to become a thing before we knew the word influencer, we weren't really calling it influencer yet, but it was when Instagram was just like, I would say really peaking, right? Instagram, YouTube. And I started to be influenced by this idea of a healthy lifestyle, which overall was like, pretty good. You know, this idea of like Fitzbo. So I was like, I want to be really like fit and trim. And I, not that I was really overweight really. Um, but I just saw myself wanting that 
lifestyle. I was influenced. (laughs) Um, I wanted to look that way. And they just, those girls seemed so beautiful and the food they were eating was so colorful and beautiful. And they seemed so happy and they were getting a lot of followers and attention and fame. And I, I, I was just, I am in like, sign me up. I want to join the club. I like this. And so I started to change my life. I started working out and being mindful of my health and my lifestyle and started changing the way that I was eating, um, which overall was good because what vegetarianism and veganism taught me um, was whole foods. I didn't really cook. I was eating so much fast food and so much processed food. I didn't really know how to put together like a real meal. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't even know what I remember having to Google like how to cook like a burger patty or how to cook like certain vegetables. Like I didn't know what to do. Um, so in a way this was really good. It sort of got me in the kitchen and, uh, experimenting with foods and like learning what, you know, a real whole food was that like that food was the only ingredient, you know what I'm saying? And so I did. So it started out as vegetarianism. Um, it didn't take long for that to go to veganism. I went the whole way. And like I said, other than the menstrual symptoms, which fortunately, even though they could be really severe at times, um, were, you know, sparse enough that it really wasn't encroaching on my day-to-day life, like specifically. So when I was eating a plant-based diet, I will never forget when it just finally, it was like something is wrong. I was eating this beautiful, probably like raw cabbage shredded salad thing that I put together that was delicious and beautiful, colorful. It was like, it was just the epitome of how we're told we should eat. (laughs) And, um, I was so bloated and I remember trying to remember do I always feel this way after I eat? I'd never noticed before, but maybe this is normal. And I had asked one of my friends on the phone. I remember talking to her and being like, this is so weird because I'm eating so healthy, but I'm like really bloated. Like I thought you only got really bloated like this after you went and ate like pizza or something, you know, kind of more of a junk food. It just didn't make sense to me. And, and my friend like didn't know either. They're like, I don't know, you know? And here's the thing, like, I I always just want to put this out there. Um, my, my issues that then unfolded, I really don't think were caused by being plant-based or being vegan or vegetarian because look, I did not eat great before that. Um, however, I, I, I think this was an underlying thing. And I think when I started including so much raw book, like plant material, it exacerbated some underlying gut issues, I think, potentially. I don't really know, but I started to notice that my digestion wasn't quite right. And that sent me on a mission. I was like, okay, well, I guess I need to figure this out. And so I just want to pause here and say, when these issues started happening, it was subtle. It was like bloating. And I was 
you know, I didn't really grow up in a household where we just rushed to the doctor for every little thing. I grew up in a pretty rural town and I definitely went to the doctor, definitely was given like antibiotics, like all the things, but it wasn't for every little thing we just like went to the doctor for. Um, my mom actually had a lot of just old, more homeopathic like remedies that she would do throughout my life. So that was sort of the basis, I guess, of my, um, my upbringing when it, my childhood, when it came to medicine and being sick and things like that. So it was a pretty natural move for me to to be like, okay, well, what can I do to remedy this? Because it's not a big deal. Surely there's something I can just, you know, do or change or fix or whatever. And I also just want to say that another reason why I didn't immediately go rush to a doctor as soon as I noticed that I was getting bloated and having these different digestive symptoms is because I started to have this like mistrust of things because when I first latched on to the plant-based narrative, I was like, oh no, I've been brainwashed to think that eating meats and animal foods is okay when clearly it's not. So I already kind of had this like, like, sort of a fear or a skepticism of believing what I was told. And that has come to serve me later. But, uh, so, so I, so here, here's kind of how it went down. I started to think, okay, I'm eating a bunch of like produce, right. And fruits and vegetables and all this kind of stuff. I was like, maybe I've contracted a parasite this has to be. And so you Google, what are the symptoms of a parasite? Or like you Google like bloating, even on vegan, you know, all these things. And you start getting all kinds of stuff that come up. And I'm like, there it is. This matches my symptoms perfectly. It's definitely a parasite. (laughs) And so I spent, I don't even know how long, um, months and months and months going through various cleanses and protocols and supplements and all the things that you do if you definitely have a parasite, which did I do a test to see if I did? No. Why? I don't know because I was like 20, how old was I? (laughs) It was like 25 and I just, I don't know. I, I was just learning, you know? And, um, and nothing changed, nothing changed. And I would come across a new supplement. I would come across a new thing and I would think, Oh, okay, finally, this is it. This will be the thing. Nothing changed. I continued to have a lot of digestive distress and most notably like bloating. And, um, I had had the slightest bit of like eczema breakouts as a younger kid, very slight, very subtle. And that started to resurface as an adult around my eyes. So this was another thing. So like these little things started to crop up. Okay. And so now I'm like plant-basing harder. I was like, it must be like, I have to be able to fix this with diet. So now I'm plant-basing even harder. I'm like super vegan and super strict and eating the rainbow like crazy. Now, here's something I wasn't really aware of that was not on my radar. 
I wasn't as cognizant about vegetable and seed oils. I think I had some idea that those probably weren't okay, but I didn't really understand. I also didn't really understand the inflammatory properties of gluten. So not that I was just eating a ton of gluten, but that wasn't something that I really knew to be very aware of. So this goes on for years, honestly, years of me trying to find the right balance and the right ratio and the right supplements and all the things. What also came into play here that, oh man, this, this gets a little like murky. This is kind of difficult to talk about, but I started to experience depression for the first time ever. I, I remember the moment where I paused and I was like, this is what it feels like to be depressed. It was just this heaviness, this sadness. And it was like, I could think, I could cognitively think about how amazing my life was. Um, I had a partner, I think we had just gotten married or we were about to get married and I had a really cool job and I have friends and I was living in Nashville, Tennessee. I had all these things that I knew were amazing and that I was so grateful for. And yet I was so sad and I thought that maybe it was the weather. Um, Nashville is definitely known to have cold, wet, dark winters and I'm sure that I was vitamin D deficient, deficient. So there were a lot of factors at play, but that was a piece in this as well that just complicated things so much more. And so I, I keep trying these different protocols, trying these different things. And I, I get to a point where I start to wonder if I do need some animal protein. And I'm not exactly sure what happened that opened up my mind to that possibility. Cause I was like very, I was like very, um, dogmatic about it in a way. I was like, no, like meat is bad. Meat is bad. It causes cancer. It is not good for you. Because on paper, I mean, I'm a pretty sensitive, compassionate person. I grew up with animals, around animals. My mom worked for a veterinarian for like 20 years. So I grew up with a very big heart for animals. And so a narrative that told me animals didn't have to die and that like painted this very utopian picture of how we could live in harmony with nature, right? I, that was very appealing to me. But um, there was a podcast that I listened to one day, and I think it was actually a podcast episode from The Minimalists podcast. They did an episode with Dr. Tommy Wood, and Dr. Tommy Wood used a word that I had never heard before, used a couple of terms. Um, the first term that he used that triggered something inside me was nose to tail. The second term was nutrient density. And I listened to Dr. Tommy Wood talk about how in our modern way of eating and living, we don't eat the whole animal the way that we used to, the way that other cultures do, and what that means for our nutrition. And he used terms like bioavailability and um, how we get you know, all the nutrients that we need when we eat the whole animal. And he used 
sardines as an example and how healthy those actually are because you eat the whole thing, right? And that just clicked with me. I actually, so I grew up eating seafood and I definitely grew up eating tons of sardines. I don't know if everybody else did that, but I did. Um, and so that just sounded that like awoken something or woke something within me because that just sounded so good to me. I'm like listening to this podcast. I'm like, that sounds really good. Like, I don't know. There was just a knowing deep in my chest that what I was hearing was truth. And that was hard. That was really, really hard to be like, oh, wait, (laughs) maybe things are not as black and white as I thought. And so I thought maybe, maybe this has been the culprit all these years. You know, I think I, I was vegetarian and vegan for at least three years. And, um, and, and during that time, I'll say too, that I continue to just have massive amounts of digestive distress. So I started to think, okay, maybe I do need some animal foods in my diet. Maybe this is the reason. So I started bringing animal foods back in and was introduced to the world of paleo. (laughs) Paleo. I was like, oh, so you basically can have both. You're basically like vegan, but also with like meat. and eggs. I was like, great. This is great. I can do this. And so I started bringing meat back into my diet and it was, it was all right. It was all right. I, I, it was probably better to be honest, but here's what went wrong. Here we go. Um, and I actually have some notes here to just help keep me on track with this story. So I'm paleo and there's a season of my life that I call the sourdough tornado. Okay. The sourdough tornado. So I mentioned before that I wasn't super aware of gluten and the inflammatory properties that grains can pose on the gut specifically. And because it wasn't like I would eat bread or something with gluten and I would immediately feel something. I just, I would have never put two and two together that I was really sensitive to gluten and other grains for that matter. Um, but for whatever reason, my mom started getting into sourdough baking with an ancient heirloom wheat imported from Italy and it's all organic and all these things. And in my mind, I was like, this is like a healthy way that I can eat bread. Heck yeah, I am down (laughs) because paleo is like no grains, right? And so it was really hard to go from, you know, eating bread-based things, which once you open your eyes to it, you realize how many American foods are bread and flour braced based. It's crazy. And almond flour is just like not the same, (laughs) which also was pretty hard on my gut as well. But, um, so when I was introduced to this idea, oh, like you can ferment it and make it better. Like it's fine. Okay. So I started getting into sourdough baking and the problem here was that I took it way too far. I ended up going from eating like, I guess a fairly moderate amount 
of grains and gluten and honestly probably a lot of time without it because I was mindful of like paleo, right? So I was going gluten-free a lot of the time to having massive amounts of gluten. And I was doing sourdough and I was fermenting it, but I would do a lot of things that were not fermented because I just kind of had this association in my mind that this was like a healthy flour and I was making it from scratch. I mean, I was making it from scratch. I was making bagels and I was making pizza and pasta. Like I'd never made these things from scratch. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this is so cool. Like, look at me being so healthy and I'm able, I don't have to limit anything I eat. I'm able to eat all these things because I'm making it from scratch from this like really healthy flour. So I thought not, not that it's not, I guess, I don't know, but the sourdough tornado. Okay. My symptoms got so bad. I I developed joint pain. Now this was one of the scariest symptoms that I experienced that finally sent me to a doctor. I started to have joint pain that it started in like one of my shoulders, moved to the other shoulder. I felt it in my hip move to my wrist and my hands. And now that was the hardest part. So one of my part-time jobs at the time was being a zipline guide. <laughs> so here in the mountains of Tennessee, I was a zipline guide. And as I'm taking people on these tours to do ziplining, I have to like reach up and like grab these cables and I pull down these big heavy cables. Like, you know, I have to grab it with my hand and I use my body weight to pull it down so I can hook people's harnesses on the zip line cable. And I will never forget. Um, I was at work one day and earlier in the day, I kind of felt the pain starting in my hand and it got worse and worse and worse. And by the end of the day, I had to reach up and sort of hook my arm around the cable because I couldn't open and close my hand. I could not open my hand to grab the cable to pull it down. And I had to hook my arm around. It, it, it was like it had, um, it, my hands had seized up in a way that they were unusable. And that night they burned like they were on fire. I remember I even took pictures of my hands because they looked fairly normal. Like there was a little bit of inflammation and some discoloration on the skin, but not really, but I couldn't understand. I'm like looking at my hands and I'm like, my hands should be on fire. Like they should be blistering red with the pain that I was feeling from my wrists all the way to my knuckles on the top of my hand. And I was like, okay, this is beyond my expertise at this point. Like I had been trying for years to figure this out. And as the joint pain was happening, I was still having these episodes of digestive distress that felt random. Like I, it wasn't like I'd eat a certain food and it would just happen. Um, I think there was a lot of delayed inflammatory immune responses happening, but I would have instances of having this immediate distress in my gut, it would be really painful. And I would be like, I need to go to the bathroom like now. I need to run to the bathroom and almost like not making it. And there would be moments where the pain would come so suddenly and so severe, it would cause me to pass out. Like my my blood pressure would just drop. And it would happen at work. It would happen at home. It would wake me up in the middle of the night. I remember it... I had this stomach pain that woke me up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to like run to the bathroom. This is my BTMI, but I'm like sitting on the toilet. I pass out. I pass out and 
I, when I come to, I have bruises on my face from falling off the toilet and hitting the tub. Like, what? What? <laughs> I was like, how is this happening? And so that leads me to seeing a functional medicine practitioner who is an MD in the Nashville area, but has gone down the path of functional medicine. Because like I said, I had at this point, I was a little bit fearful of going to just a run of the mill, like general practitioner, you know, from going to my general practitioner, because I was like, what are they going to tell me? I don't know who to believe or what to trust anymore. And, and I didn't want to just be diagnosed with IBS and handed some medicine. Like I wanted to heal. I, I so desperately just wanted my life back and I, and I was willing to do whatever it took. And so I went to this functional practitioner and had all of these tests done. And I remember going in there, I wish I felt so defeated and sad. Like my mental health was tanked. It was just, oh, it was awful. And this was, it was so expensive. Like I didn't have much money and they didn't take insurance. And I just remember just this sinking feeling of like, how am I going to pay for all this? And I had to turn down some of the tests that they wanted to do. I was like, I just can't. And so, but I'm, I'm really glad that I went through that experience because this is where I learned about leaky gut. And I had something that I could like, I guess, point to, to be like, okay, so this is what's happening. And so they did all these blood tests. I didn't do the stool test at the time because I just, I was like, I have to draw a line somewhere. Like I can't afford all this. And so, but I did these blood tests and I was deficient in all of these di- different nutrients and she was like, well, you're showing antibodies. I can't remember exactly how she worded it, but basically it was just like, it's showing that you, your immune system is responding to literally every food that you could respond to. It was eggs, dairy, wheat, corn, soy, like everything. And she was like, this is, these are all indicators of like leaky gut, gut permeability, like your digestive system is porous. It's getting into your bloodstream. You're having an immune response here. What What did we do? I was put on a fairly short protocol. I think it was like 21 days of basically eliminating all of those foods, um, which I remember being really hard, like not having eggs. And like, I remember that being like pretty hard. Eggs, bread, it was very strict. Um, at least at the time it felt very strict. It's really funny when we get into where I am now and, uh, was given this slew of supplements. My God, so many supplements. And after the 21 days, um, things were better in the sense of, I don't think I had any severe like digestive episodes, but I was still like bloated. Things still weren't like great. I still didn't have like the best energy. I didn't have the best like mental head space, um, but the joint pain had gone away, right? I didn't have any more instances of that. Um, but I just like, I think probably because of the influence of social media, I wanted kind of a quick fix and it wasn't really a quick fix. And I got a little bit discouraged after that. I sort of just was like, you know what? I don't know what to do. So I'm just gonna not do anything. And I tried to relax around food and just be normal. Didn't really work. Um, I, the symptoms would come back. I would continue to have the digestive distress, all the things. 
I felt really sad, discouraged, depressed. Um, so I was living in Nashville pursuing a music career. I had a job in the music industry. I broke down. I wanted to quit music. I was done. I was so done. And I just wanted to leave. I just wanted to run. I wanted to run from all of this. And my sweet, sweet, sweet husband, um, you know, we were young. We had just gotten married. You know, we didn't, I don't know. He was just like, okay, he was down for the adventure. And so we ended up pretty much selling. We sold our house. We sold all of our things and we packed our lives into a camper and we moved. Um, We did a little bit of traveling and we moved to Colorado. Okay, that concludes part one of this episode. So left you with a little cliffhanger, little teaser. So you're just going to have to wait until part two and then finish the story. But lucky for you, it's already published. So whenever you're ready, you can go and listen to part two of this episode. And hey, if you haven't already, go get outside, get some sunshine, even if it's just for five minutes, go do it while you still can. Do whatever you can to build a new habitat for yourself today. All right, till next time.